Well, on this Sunday, 20 years ago, it's hard to believe that 20 years has gone by. Uh, I had two children that it's just history for them, one of them not even born. Certainly remember where we were and you remember where you were. We were driving through the panhandle of Texas on our way to go to be in a part of our first Sunday in California and uh, on staff at a church there and remember being in the panhandle of Texas and uh, receiving that news. And, um, you know, heaven and earth will pass away, but the Word of God will last forever. We're going to go to that Word today, and I want to thank you for being here on this day, and we certainly uh, remember those who lost their lives and those who also paid these last 20 years for our continued freedom. We're, we're grateful to be able to worship here today, and we take so much of it for granted, but want to welcome you, those that are online as well today, and we're glad that you're with us on this Sunday. It's... Um, before I share the message today, I do want to just, uh, I, I want to talk about uh, in a couple of weeks, it's going to be a great Sunday. You kind of heard reference of it, uh, Compassion Weekend. It's not just Compassion Sunday, but it's Compassion Weekend. It's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's open to our community. It isn't, isn't just for us. And so uh, it'd be a great thing to invite friends to that maybe not wouldn't set, their feet wouldn't set in here, but they'll get a chance to experience this. It's a great experience to bring your children and your grandchildren to. It's a great thing to walk through together as a family because we have been blessed so much. Despite everything in our world and everything going on, we are still so blessed and we've been given so much. And it'd be a great opportunity to, to share that with your children and grandchildren. So I want to encourage you. Um, you, have to, you can go online and sign up, but you can also just walk up. It'll be all day Friday. Um, that, uh, it'll, it'll be open. It'll be in the Lewis Family Life Center or the gym. Also all day Saturday. And then Sunday after our first service, um, you can go out um, to the gym as well and you can walk through. It's going to be a great day um, on the Sunday itself. Compassion Sunday is two weeks from today. And uh, what is Compassion Sunday? Uh, it's really, we're about four things really at this church. We want to reach wide. Uh, we want to grow deep. It's one of the reasons that we're here this morning is we want to grow deep in our faith. Uh, third thing, we, we want to unleash compassion. And you hear us talk about the fourth a lot. We want to raise up the next generation to be followers of Jesus. And it's going to be an awesome opportunity for us to unleash compassion um, in, as one of our core values. Uh, here's what compassion is. It is the, it's unleashing children from third world countries from poverty in the name of Jesus. It's releasing them from poverty, giving them an education, giving them food in their bellies, uh, giving them medical care that they need, and most importantly, sharing Jesus with them and meeting their spiritual needs. And so on that Sunday, we're going to have a special guest with us. I'm going to be interviewing. Uh, he's, a, he's a man named Owen. He now lives in Colorado Springs. He's an accountant, but he grew up in Kenya, and he was a compassion-sponsored kid. And he's going to share with us how his life was altered and how it was changed because those of us in the States that made a difference in his life. And so uh, I just feel like God's given me a big goal for that Sunday that he's going to help us as a church to uh, unleash 100 kids in the name of Jesus from poverty. And not just any kids, we kind of focused on an area. We're focusing on Rio Bamba, Ecuador, and a specific church, Iglesia del Nazareno. And pastor, um, the pastor there is, um, I had it here, Mario Paredes. 
And uh, we may even hear from him uh, in the message. We're hoping to. We're trying to put a video together with him. COVID's made things a little bit more difficult, but we hope to hear uh, Pastor Paredes of Iglesia del Nazareno of Rio Bamba, Ecuador. Why, why Rio Bamba? Uh, why, why Ecuador? It's one of the reasons it's one of the hardest hit places in our world. It's one of the greatest needs and we wanted to go where the greatest needs are. We also, why, why Iglesia Nazarena? Why, why this particular church? Uh, because one, it's, we have a good partnership, obviously, with the Nazarene denomination church. And so we can, uh, here in a few years or maybe a year, I don't know when COVID restrictions will be lifted. But we want to go to one place that we can start taking mission trips to and have long-term relationships I have had the blessing of being on a compassion trip and watching a sponsor meet their child. I, I, was, I don't have had that opportunity. We've, this is personal to us. We've been compassion sponsors for 15 years. Our first child was a, a Samuel from Burkina Faso. Uh, in Africa. Our, our, the next two were little girls that we have from Haiti, and we chose the same age as our girls so our girls could kind of grow up together with them. So the last 10 years, we've had two from Haiti and one from Burkina Faso. And uh, it's just, it's a wonderful thing to see how God changes lives. And one of the reasons we are partnering with Compassion is just because of their, their specialist in what they do. I mean, if you're going to have brain surgery, you're thankful for your general practitioner. You're thankful for your local doctor, but you don't want him doing the surgery. You want to go to a specialist to have that surgery, and that's really what compassion is. They come alongside the local church. They partner with churches, and, um, and the other thing is they're very fruitful. In a pandemic year, last year, 125,000 kids made first-time decisions to follow Jesus Christ because of this. It's very fruitful. It's a great partnership. And uh, I want to just encourage you to be praying about it. Again, walk-ins, uh, walk-ups are available. I encourage you to go through the experience Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Um, show up on Sunday for the, a great interview. And you might be asking, man, with everything going on in our world, with the pandemic, why now? Uh, we'd actually scheduled Compassion Sunday uh, four weeks after when we got shut down from the pandemic. And we've been on hold. And we just feel like we can't wait any longer. Uh, we we want to deliver and, 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 and see kids unleashed from poverty. And so why wait? Because we just believe it. The wait's over. We need to get after it. And you want to see what the wait looks like when it's over for a child on another side? I want you to see this. Tuhan akan memberikan yang terbaik buat keluarga ini. Ada sukacita, pasti keluarganya Asti mendapat sponsor dan ini surat dari sponsor yang buat Asti. Terima kasih banyak bawa anak saya baik saya kasih masuk PPA saya hari ini saya bangga sekali tapi Tuhan yang balas saya tidak mampu balas tapi Tuhan yang balas tidak pernah saya mimpi bahwa 
sponsornya Adi hari ini ada tapi saya bangga sekali sehingga saya jatuh air mata terima kasih banyak berlimpah-limpah mereka anak-anak itu merasa dekat dengan sponsornya dan Really quite simple for less than a McDonald's coffee a day, a dollar twenty-five a day, we can unleash children from poverty in Jesus' name and experience the love of Christ and uh, be part of that 125,000 that uh, accepted Jesus last year for the first time to see that number grow. So it's going to be a great day. You saw the over, it's a good segue to the message today because you saw the overflow of joy in their lives, and that's a principle that we're talking about today in the message today, the, the principle of the overflow. What is the overflow? Well, we've all experienced the overflow in, in both good and bad ways. I, I was thinking back to 21 years ago when my first was born, and Reagan came into the world in Omaha, Nebraska, and I remember picking up my flip phones. A few of you still have a flip phone. I picked up my flip phone to call my mom and Heather was, you know, in pain still and stuff. And I was just so excited. And I picked up the phone and I heard her voice. I couldn't even get the words out of my mouth. I just wanted to, I got enough to say a baby girl. I mean, that's about all I could get. And the tears just began to flow because there was an overjoy. You, you know what that was like, grandkids or kids. I mean, you know that overjoy feeling that you have, the overflow of joy. And then, of course, sometimes there's the overflow of sadness. My mom and my sister, I remember them waking me up from uh, on Saturday morning about 8.30 in the morning to tell me that my college roommate had been killed in a tragic auto accident the night before. And there was an overflow of sorrow. And we all know what that is. And we, we 20 years ago, we all experienced an overflow of emotions, of, of sorrow, of anger, of confusion, uh, of, of just of, of bewilderment and, and not knowing what to do as an overflow of emotions. We've all experienced the good and bad of the overflow. Some of it we don't have any control over. Some of it we do. But there's one overflow that will determine, and it's the one overflow that we can't afford to get wrong, and that's the overflow of the heart. The overflow of the heart, Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. It's so important what happens inside of us, because what happens inside of us is going to spill out of us. We can't help it. It's just the, it's just the principle of the overflow, and, and, the, and the wisdom of Proverbs tells us that everything we do flows from it. Everything. Uh, it has such an impact on our lives. It impacts our work. It, it impacts our marriages. It impacts our families. It impacts our friendships, our, our church, our view of self. Everything that is in here, uh, it's going to spill out. And from the overflow is the where we live our lives. And I've thought about, you know, Ida and, uh, and Katrina of, a few years back. And I thought about those levees and how they burst open and they broke. And, and even before then, the water spilled out into the streets of New Orleans and spilling out again because it can only take so much before the system is overflowed and, and it spills out into everything else. And at some point, the levee of our hearts will not be able to contain what's inside. 
We might be able to suppress them, keep them down. People may not know exactly. We may be able to hide some things. But eventually, what's inside of us is going to come out of us. It's the overflow of the heart, and it will determine the direction of our life. I like how the NLT uh, translation says as well. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Do you want to know where your life is heading? Do you, know where, you want to know where your life is going to end up and where it is going? Just look no farther than what's in your heart. Well, Kent, how do we, how do we measure? <laughs> how do you measure what's in the heart? Jesus said the way you measure a person's heart is the mouth. Matthew 12, 34. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. What is inside of you will come out of you. What is inside of us is going to come out of us at some point, some way, when we least expect it, when we're not planning on it, uh, when, when really when we're squeezed and when, when things are difficult, especially in those moments, what's in us is going to come out. Out of us. And Jesus was saying these words to a group of people who, by all appearances, had their act together. Uh, They were respected. I don't know how much love they were, but they were respected in the community. By their own estimations, they had a good heart and they were righteous. They were deeply religious. They obeyed the letter of the law. But as Jesus would painfully reveal, they didn't get the spirit of the law. He was talking to the Pharisees. And a little bit more to that verse, Matthew 12, 33 says, Make a tree good and its fruit will be good, or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. It's the principle of what Paul says, whatever we sow, we're going to reap. It's just the principle of sowing and reaping. you got to plant seed to get a crop. Uh, you can't just hope you're going to get a crop. But what seed you plant? If you plant weeds, you're going to get weeds. You plant, plant good, you're going to get make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? Uh, You know, only Jesus can get away (laughs) talking to a crowd like that. If I did that even one Sunday, I probably wouldn't be here next week, okay? Uh, For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil man or woman brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him or her. Words matter. Jesus said that our words are a dead giveaway of what's going on in here. That it's obvious, it's, it's fruit that we can all see. It's what's going on. What is in you will come out of you. Jesus says, some interesting things that I I found to be quite sobering, really, that we're all going to be held accountable for every idle word that we say. Jesus says our words will either acquit us or condemn us. And while it is human nature to judge and think of others and their words and what they say, I think the message is for us today to, for each of us to look at ourselves and not our neighbor. For I know in my life, I, I have enough things that I've said that I regret, that, that, I, that I wish and that are painful, that, that hurt others in my life. I know my words I've spoken in my life have revealed a lot about me, words that I'm not always proud of, like I'm sure that you have words and things that you've said that you wish you could take back that you weren't proud of. 
I mean, things, even as I prepared this message, just things came to my mind that I hadn't thought about for years. But I remember when my girls were little and we were on a little trip in California and we stopped at a gas station and I blew a gasket. And I'm not talking about the car, I'm talking about me. We had a, we opened the door, I was going to get out to get gas, the girls were little, and my Palm Pilot fell out onto the ground and broke. Now, I know that kind of dates me, and for those of you who weren't born, just Google and you'll figure out what Palm Pilot is. But at that time, it cost some money, and I, you know, I had no one to blame but myself. But for whatever reason, I just kind of unleashed and unloaded uh, on Heather. And in that moment of anger and outburst, where she didn't know where in the world this came from, what did I have to do with this, it revealed something that was going on in my heart that I was more concerned about the material and financial damage than I was about the relational damage. The circumstances meant more important at that moment than the relationship. There's been other seasons in my life when I told myself that, you know, I'm good here. There was a season in my life where I was dealing with bitterness and resentment. And I would tell myself, because I'm a follower of Jesus and a Christian, that I didn't have any bitterness, I didn't have any resentment, But it didn't take much in that season of my life for someone to say something or a trigger or to just ask me about a situation, and boom, I just vomited it all out. I would just spill it all out because what's in you is going to come out of you. You, It's just a principle. The overflow, out of the overflow, our mouth speaks, and what's in us is going to come out of us. And if we're honest this morning, I don't think I'm the only one that's had these moments. Our mouths have got all of us and revealed a lot about all of us at different times, as the half-brother of James says in James chapter 3. We all stumble in many ways. We've all done it. Anyone who's never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although, the, although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants them to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. Going to verse 9. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father like we we do today. We love to come. We love to worship. We love to praise God. And with it, we curse human beings, sometimes on Monday, right after Sunday, who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. If it's not supposed to be that way, then why do we do it? So what's the answer to this seemingly untamable tongue? Well, Paul says in Colossians, this is the way that we should live. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. That our, our, our words should be gracious. The things that come out of our mouth should be uplifting and encouraging. And if that's the way we know what the way it's, our mouths are supposed to operate, then why don't we always do it? It's because of the principle of what's in us is going to come out of us. Do we just then decide, I'm, I'm going to do better? I'm going to try harder? I'm, I'm going to do better next time? I'm, um, I'm, I'm going to try to do the right thing? I'm going to try to have gracious and, and kind words? 
And really the focus is in the wrong place. We shouldn't focus on the mouth. We shouldn't focus on trying harder or doing better because it's really the principle of what's in us is going to come out of us. We really need not to look at the mouth, but we got to look at the heart. For the heart is the root of the issue. The heart is the root. The mouth is, it's just the fruit or it's the symptoms of something greater. And we can control this for a while. We can, we're all capable of saying nice things and good things, but we're also, we know that we're capable of th- saying things of, where did that come from? Why did I say that? I wish I could have, I wish I could redo that. And we, we know that it comes from the root of the issue. The root of the problem is our heart. So instead of focusing on our mouth and how we can have our mouth healed, we need to have a heart healing to be filled with the right thing because we're all filling our lives with something. But the answer to the heart is to be filled, as the Scripture says, to be filled with the Spirit. Ephesians 5.18, Paul says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, a word we don't use very often, but just simply means excessive indulgence in sensual pleasures. Uh, You could say do not get drunk on other things. Drunk is excessive. So I think Paul's using wine as an example here, but really you could throw anything into here that becomes excessive, uh, where excessive indulgence. We're not to do that. Instead, 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 he said, instead, be filled with the Spirit. All of us today, online, in this room, all of us today are filling our lives with something. All of us are being filled with something. We're, we're putting things in our, into, our, into our lives that are filling us up. And some are not all bad. I know there's the, the, the excessive, the, the wine, the excessive drinking. I, I know there's, there's drugs that we can, fill, people fills their lives up with that. But it's, it's not just that. Some things, it's, it's good things. Uh, pleasurable thing, ple- pleasure seeking and just seeking one, you know, you can't live in a 365 days of vacation. You can't golf 365 days a year. That we can have things that can become excessive in our, in our lives. The excessive pursuit of sports and money and material possessions. And ironically, the excessive indulgence of any one thing leaves a person empty and wanting for more. Whatever we pursue, whatever those things are, they're going to leave us empty. They're going to leave us thirsty. They're going to leave us wanting again. And I know I overindulge on food sometimes, but I always think, man, I'm not going to eat that much again. And then I, I miraculously find a way to do it at the next meal. I mean, it never is going to satisfy. But Jesus said there's something that will make you never thirst again. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Brandon talked about the woman at the well who had the five husbands. And she was in her sixth relationship at the time. She was filling her life with something that wasn't going to satisfy. And Jesus was addressing that dissatisfaction, that thirst, that no man was going to fill that void in her life. Only the Holy Spirit. And he talked about, and Jesus said that he would give her something that would, she would never thirst again. And that's offered to us. That's to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, it is not a substance. It's not a material The Holy Spirit is a person. I know a lot of times we talk about God the Father, God the Son. We talk about Jesus a lot. And we don't talk enough about the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit. 
And that there's power in the Holy Spirit. There's what we need in the Holy Spirit. I'm not just talking to someone who hasn't received Jesus as their Lord and Savior, but I'm talking to us and some of us that we've, we have Jesus. We've received his love and his forgiveness, and we're, we're walking with him, but we need an infilling of the Spirit. Maybe it's best said by another preacher that once said this, when you ask Jesus to come into your heart, he came in and he took up residency. Now it's time to give him presidency. Jesus is in the throne room, but now it's, it's time to give him the throne. It's a wonderful thing to receive Jesus as our Savior, but we're meant for so much more than that. God wants us to make him his Lord. Jesus wants us to make Christ Lord. And I, I think this morning, myself included, we underestimate we don't fully comprehend. We don't fully comprehend and we take for granted the power of the Holy Spirit. But when we're filled with the Spirit, when we're filled with the Spirit, there's power. Paul talks about this. And to a young Timothy said, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of sound mind. And, and Peter Peter talked about his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. The Holy Spirit, the forgotten person of the Trinity, the one that we don't think enough about, the one we underestimate, the one we don't realize the Godhead three in one and this important peace that Jesus said, I'm, I'm going to leave you, but I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to give you my spirit. And I believe God wants to give us his spirit. I believe he wants to pour out his spirit. I, I believe it's the desire of his heart to do so. I, I believe God wants to fill us with his spirit because he says so. I believe we can be filled with his spirit because he told us to ask for it. Jesus said these words in Luke. He said, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If then you who are evil know how to give good, good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? God wants us to ask for the Holy Spirit. He wants to give us his, his Holy Spirit. We aren't perfect fathers and mothers, and yet we want to do good things for our children. But we're imperfect. We fall short. I was thinking back to when Riley was a, a little girl, about three or four, and she used to get out of that minivan that we had, that little Mazda MPV, 2003. And we'd open the door, and many times in that parking lot, she would say, Daddy, catch me. And I would get behind her, and she would just do the nest tea plunge, and she would fall back into my arms, and I would catch her. And we did that many times. And one time she asked me, she said, Daddy, catch me, except I was distracted, and I was on the phone. I was filled with other ideas and other distractions. And in that moment, she heard me say yes, and I said, I got it, but I can say things and not hear. And I spoke, and the next thing I know, there's a little girl crying on the asphalt saying, Daddy, why didn't you catch me? 
She turned out okay. I just want you to know through lots of counseling and other things else, she's, I think she trusts me today. But it's because I'm an imperfect father. I fall so short of the glory of God and his grace, but I want to do good things for my children. I, I want to give them good gifts. How much more who our heavenly father, who's perfect in every way, who will always catch us, who will not let us down, who will not let us fall, who will take us into the arms all the way into eternity. How much more does our father want to give us the good gift of his Holy Spirit? Jesus left so he could send the comforter. Jesus left so we might be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I just believe that God wants to fill his people with the Holy Spirit today. And if there's ever a time in our world and in our nation that we need the power of the Holy Spirit, it's now. If there's ever a time that we needed the power of the Holy Spirit to move in the church and believer's life, it's now. If there's ever a time that Jesus, the Holy Spirit, needed to move in my life, it's now. We need the Holy Spirit. The good news is this. I believe he wants to give us his Holy Spirit. I, I believe that he wants to do it, that he wants to do it as we, as we do it by faith. You know, when we receive Christ as our Savior, it's an act of faith. We're saved by grace through faith so that no one can boast. It's something that he, he gives us and he loves us, but we receive it by faith. We didn't even know how it happened. I was a 10 years old and I didn't know up from down, but when God called me and invited me into relationship with him and I said yes, I just did it with childlike faith and it changed my life. It changed the course of many of your lives when you gave Jesus your life and heart. But I remember at a time when I was about 19, didn't mean I was perfect after this moment. But there was a time when I asked Jesus not only to be my savior, but I said, would you be my Lord? I'll, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll marry who you want me to marry. I'll, I'll study what you want me to study. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll give up the things you want me to give up. It, it, my answer for now on is yes. Have I always said yes? No, I've gotten it wrong because at different times I've let myself be filled up with other things. So I believe there's a time that we say, Holy Spirit, come into my life. Empower me. But I don't think it ends there. I think we continue in this week in preparation for this message. My prayer this week has been, God, refill me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Yes, I, you haven't gone anywhere and I haven't left you and you're in my heart and my life, but I want you to continue refill me because it's like filling up with gasoline. You're, you're gonna run low and run empty and eventually you gotta fill back up. And I believe the Holy Spirit, there's times that we as longtime believers and followers and even making Jesus Lord, we need to be refilled. Friends, I believe God wants to do some great things through this church. I believe God wants to do some great things through you. I, I believe that with all my heart, but I, I know this, he has to fill us first because what's inside of us is always gonna come out of us. I, I believe he has great works for you to do. Paul tells us this in Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork. I like the translation that says masterpiece, for we are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. But we can't do that until we do what uh, Pastor Ray Johnson, my friend, says. He says, God can't do something great through you until he's done a great work in you. 
God wants to do great things through his church. He wants to do great things through your life. But he can't do great things through us until he's done something great in us. And that great thing in us is the Holy Spirit. So today I don't want to overcomplicate this. As I pray this morning, I just, I want to ask you to close your eyes and bow your heads. We're just going to ask the Holy Spirit to fill us. I've been praying this every day, and I'm going to continue to pray it every day. I, I want to stay filled with the Holy Spirit because I know when I'm not staying filled with the Holy Spirit, those other things come out of my life. They just, I can't help it. And we're, like James said, we're not, we're not perfect. We all fall in many ways. But sometimes we have to be, let things out of our life so we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to let go of some things. We, but I believe we just need to ask by faith. Maybe this morning, the Holy Spirit's inviting you to empty yourself first of something before he can fill you with his presence and his spirit. Maybe it's letting go of a relationship. Maybe it's letting go and emptying your, yourself of that hatred or that bitterness or that resentment. Maybe it's letting go of that what you think would be best for your life. And maybe it's giving your career or whatever it may be. It's your family, your, your marriage. But it's letting go and saying, God, fill me with your spirit. I don't know who God's talking to today, but your head's bowed and your eyes closed. You're just here saying, I want the Holy Spirit to fill me. I want the Holy Spirit to fill me today. Maybe, maybe for the first time, maybe fresh and anew, maybe it's a relationship with Jesus, but maybe it's to be refilled, but you're just like, Pastor, this is a commitment between me and God. No one's looking around, but would you just pray along with me as we pray together that God would fill me with this Holy Spirit. Would you just raise your hand that we can pray for us together? I believe that there's those, I see you. I believe there's those, yep. I, and I know this is kind of an all call, an all skate. I believe that every hand it's okay if it was raised because I believe God wants to fill us with the power of his Holy Spirit. You're watching online right there on your couch. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to come right where you are and fill you fresh and fill you new. But we don't do it by our power, by our strength. It's a gift that he gives us. Give him those areas of your life and invite him to be Lord and Savior. Invite the Holy Spirit to take control. Would you pray with me today, Father? Lord, right now I commit these words of these last few moments. I commit your word today. Lord, that you can do something that we can't even see within us. You can move in our hearts as you did in my life as a 10-year-old boy on his bed at night going to bed. You, you came in. Your Holy Spirit convicted me of sin. You invited me in a relationship with you, and it changed me forever. And at 19, though, it did not make me perfect, and I've had to be refilled so many times since and give you back control of things in my life. Lord, it's been different when that decision was made that I'm gonna say yes for now on. Whatever God you ask me to do, I'm gonna say yes. Even if it costs me, even if there's a price, I know that the best thing for my life that you wanna give me good gifts, you wanna give me the good gift of your Holy Spirit. So Lord, we ask you today, each of us, just pray that prayer, Lord Jesus. I ask you, give me your Holy Spirit. Fill me 
do a new work in me. Maybe the Holy Spirit's inviting you to give something up in order to fill that area of your heart. Release it to him. You can trust him with it. He's not going to drop you like I dropped Riley. He's going to hold on to you in the palm of his hands. Father, fill your church with your Holy Spirit. Fill that person on the couch, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. Fill those in this room that by faith are saying, fill me with your Holy Spirit. We don't understand it. But Lord, we believe by faith you want to give it to us. So Lord, we thank you in advance for how you're going to help us from this moment as we move forward. Lord, we give you the praise. We give you the thanks. And we thank you for giving us your Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us, to comfort us, to fill us. In Jesus' holy name, we pray and give thanks. Amen. God bless you this morning. Would you stand with us today? Have a great rest of your week and day. Let me just pray a blessing over you today. I haven't done this for a while, but may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you and both now and forever give you his peace as you trust in him. See you next week.